Hello everybody, Michael Martin. Thanks for being here. Happy Friday. Hope it's a good week for you. So I get lots of emails from folks. I'm very grateful. Thank you for listening about how to get more empowered. And that's a, you know, without having more context, it's uh there's a, there's a probably four or five spots where you can, you know, start. Um, if you're a trader or that's what you're aspiring to be, you know, you are responsible for the P&L, right? Every decision you make is going to somehow create alpha. So one of the ways that you become more empowered is to stop asking other people what they think about the markets. And by markets, I mean S&P, I mean sugar, I mean soybeans, I mean the March-April natural gas spread, which is off the board. But the um, start to have more independence, start to think more for yourself, start to do your own homework, look at the numbers, let the markets tell you what the truth is. Right Again, you have bad luck, bad timing, bad analysis. Over time, you're going to get that. Winning isn't something that just happens overnight. Winning is an attitude. It's a mindset. It's a process. And all of that kind of has to kind of come together, which if it happens all at once, it's very, very rare. More power to you. But it's normally going to take a lot of losing, a lot of frequent, hopefully small losses, a lot of thickening of your skin, a lot of really good attitude, a lot of persistence and determination, and a lot of trying to envision what the future is going to look like when you finally figure it out and you have everything humming. That can be your motivation. But I think the most important thing to do is to stop looking at research, stop looking at other people's opinions, honestly get off social media, which would be a healthy thing to do anyway, and stop looking for other people's opinions. If you find yourself saying, I have to buy and sell because other people are doing stuff, I mean, that's not trading, right? It's probably not even investment advising either. But it does help you have those conversations, you know, if you're an investment advisor, um, you know, when you chat with your clients. So they might say, well, they said this on Fast Money. Like, that's a, a tough spot to be in, right? You don't want to really be in that spot, frankly, with the clients where you have to answer for other people. So that's a whole other conversation. But that can be very empowering when you start to tune out everybody else. Now, that might be a big security. That might be Linus's blanket for you, right? Linus from the Peanuts. And you don't need a security blanket. If you're going to trade, the closer or the sooner you can get to thinking independently, the better off you're going to be in terms of actually thinking like a trader. It might not still come overnight, and you might still feel like, my goodness, I have to go get my opinion somewhere. But I think that just kind of continues the, the I don't want to say living a lie. That might be too strong. Because you do, you know, give yourself some credit. Give yourself a pat on the back for trying this, right? If that's where, you're, is that, that's where your game is right now. It takes time. Uh, the key is to not take big hits and have destabilizing losses because it's probably hard enough to get a grub stake in the first place. And even if you don't care about your money, because it's like, to me, this is your Vegas money. Well, I get that too. But for investment advisors that are going to allocate to new things or to newer folks trying out, it's always better to get into the practice of not losing big sums of cash. You don't want to give yourself permission to do that or or philosophically think that that's okay. I think you have to have many more stringent rules about managing your cash because sooner or later, the opportunity will come up where you'll need the money and you might find yourself in the right place at the right time, right? 
and then you'll be liquid. You won't be stuck in a position that you have to get out of because you're down big, right? I think it's, uh, you know, it's tricky because the media doesn't talk about what you should be doing in those circumstances. They always make you feel like you're missing opportunity. The thing is, and I always come back to this typically on Fridays, you start talking about goals. Where do you envision yourself? Because if you're like, well, I'm really not sure. I'm just going to start. I'm going to wing it. Well, when you wing it, you get wing it results. The problem with that is that if you hit it success, like you bought GameStop from the subreddit, that was the worst thing that could happen, right? Because you learned a whole bunch of things that were bad practices. One, subreddits and most media sites, in fact, all, all media sites, they're not a trading edge. And you only want to trade when you can express your edge. But going to whether it was AOL instant message back in the day or whether you have a Bloomberg or whether you were able to execute um, on a specific trading platform or not, there's no such thing as advanced charting packages, right? When you break it down, you have risk. You have entries and exits and position sizing. And at the end of the day, that is something that you have to design. You have to make your own tomato sauce. What's the difference between sauce and gravy? Apparently, it's the meat. Anyway, you have to, you have to do your own homework. And, the, and if that doesn't feel comfortable for you, well, then what are you going to do to make it comfortable? You can become an investment advisor and say, I just want to run money, get a fee, provide competent investment advice to people who are too busy to do it themselves. It's totally legit. People who are very busy need that. I would just make sure that you put yourself, though, in the traffic lane of the big people who are moving 10 million or more. Maybe it's a trust department. Maybe you want to be some other type of fiduciary. But that's where you're going to get in front of the bigger, bigger sums of capital. Maybe talk about, you know, partnering up with an investment, um, like a CPA business manager or someone who is a gatekeeper to big sums of cash like that for people who need competent advice. Those people are hammered, so they're not gonna, you're not going to make a lot of progress unless you have a pre-existing relationship, but that's definitely one way to do it. In my mind's eye, if you want to think like a trader portfolio manager, you need to have a defined exit strategy, and that means that you have to embrace the fact and the high probability that you're going to lose money. Investment advisors don't think about that because they don't have a defined exit strategy because they're kind of investing for 20, 30 years. So they don't have to worry about managing the risk right here, right now. But I think if you're looking to make 100 to 1,000 percent, you want to have a better, more 360-degree trading plan. So when you force yourself to look at losses, right, now you're starting to think more independently because most of the folks on TV, they're talking about, Oh, I like uh, end phase or this and that here. But what they're not telling you is how much should you have and when do you know that you're wrong? A trader knows he, she, or they are wrong um, when it ticks even a penny against them, right? I mean, that's, that's the black and white of it. So independence, you know, and thinking for yourself is kind of key and that's empowering. You might have to exercise that muscle, Right? Uh, if you're already an investment advisor and you're kind of turning your book into something that's a little bit more proactive to keep your losses small, that too might be a new emotional jacket that you have to try on for size. And it might not fit that well at the beginning. Um, but if you don't practice it, it's not going to get any better in a month. You have to start doing that now. 
because good financial decisions don't oftentimes feel good, right? You have the fight or flight mechanism going here. And I'm not a psychologist, but I know enough about human behavior and how other people behave around their money to, to anticipate it. And anticipating other people's behavior is a key to A, making money, and two, more importantly, keeping your losses small, right? So if you could, a good example of the latter is when you, when you get stopped at Tesla at 800 and then it rallies up 10% in your face, you still did the best that you could at the time, right? Because it traded through support which told you that finally the sellers took over or the lack of buyers um, had an impact on it as well. So that type of thinking is hard to digest if you're just starting out because you're like, wow, it just rallied up 10% in my face only to have a week later the thing trade down to you know, under 600. So how does that feel? So that's what I'm saying is like when you're looking at these these emotions, they impact your behavior a lot because the feelings that you don't want to feel control your behavior as well. So even if you think you're a pleasure seeker, you're still a portfolio manager in the pleasure portfolio. You're going after the things that you like and you're avoiding the things that you don't like. And when you're feeling feelings that you haven't had to feel, it's new. And it, you might try it for a day or two and just realize like, hey, I'm not cut out for this. It doesn't feel good. I don't like feeling uncomfortable. Well, that's what trading is. Trading is knowing that you have to have an unparalleled amount of discipline and sense of responsibility to the money because there's no one else. And I think that's a big differentiating factor between the folks that are you know, running investment advisory firms is that the, the outcome is open-ended on some level. So your goals can tend to be open-ended. And that, to me, is stagnation, right? You have to have goals. The traders have goals because they know, or they better have goals, because they know that keeping their losses small does wonders for their P&L. Right? For one, you have the frequency and the magnitude of drawdown, which everyone experiences. And if you keep your losses small and you can sit on your hands and be patient, eventually the trends will start to resume somewhere. They might be very different names than you were involved with in the past 18 months, but the clawback now, well, not the clawback, that means something specific, but your resuming back to your, your previous equity highs will not be that difficult to do because you only have, you know, four, five, six percent drawdown. It's not the end of the world. When you start talking 20 to 30 percent drawdowns, now you're in a whole different head because you probably have resentment. And now I don't know how resentment really serves you other than it can motivate you to do better research or to have a God shot and help you realize that you lost money because of you, right? You're probably trading too big, you're trading too frequently. Who knows what it is? And, and uh, you know, earlier in my career, I'm probably guilty of all that stuff myself. So I'm not, you know, calling your girlfriend ugly. That's not the point of this. But the the goal, if you want to become empowered, is to accept responsibility then for everything that you do, because otherwise, you can't say you're empowered because you're an investment advisor and you have your clients fully invested. I mean, I guess that's. That could be empowerment, but the point is who's responsible for the P&L because running money, it ultimately comes down to that. And if the markets are up, the markets are up and your clients are making money because the markets are up. 
And that's the tough part about being an investment advisor is that you want to pat yourself on the back and say, see what I did. The reality is, is that you didn't do anything except have exposure. And a dart thrower can get exposure, right? Risk management is something very, very different, right? Diversification is... Uh, is 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 a very complicated matter you know it's simple to understand but it's a lot more complicated when you're speaking with potential clients and you're trying to understand the difference between being an investment advisor or a trader right diversification is risk reduction it means limiting exposure in specific quantities but that's not risk management at all you know risk management is 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 responsibility and taking empowerment by saying like everything that I do is going to have an impact on this portfolio. And my job is to make sure that the equity curve has a positive slope and it's going to the upper right corner of the chart. And anything that pulls that back or makes it stall is my fault. It's not the market's fault. It's not the client's fault. It's no one's fault, but yours. So I think the goal setting part can do wonders here because then you could say to yourself, I am feeling empowered to take full responsibility for the P&L. The minute you can do that emotionally, you know, the tactical stuff you could learn, it's not terribly difficult, but it comes down to the emotional and the psychological. Are you willing to take full responsibility for the P&L? If you are, you have hope as a trader. If you're not, you want to talk yourself into the bullshit of, well, you can't time the market, you got to buy and hold. That's okay too. And I don't mean to, to color my language by calling it bullshit, but anybody who's an investment advisor that thinks, you know, that they can't time the market, you know, just don't say that publicly to your clients, right? Because the clients are becoming smarter and smarter and they know the difference between shit and Shinola and when they're getting, you know, when they're getting snowed or when you're, you know, kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth. And that, that too speaks to integrity, right? Because if you don't take responsibility for the losses as an investment advisor when your clients are in drawdown, but you do take credit for the upside, they're not stupid, right? That's being a phony. So, you know, take umbrage with what I'm saying, but ultimately these these things happen and the differences between advisors versus traders comes down to taking full responsibility for the P&L. And that's, that's a function of responsibility it's a function of ownership you know it's a function of uh, a paradigm of personal responsibility right we've talked about that and i think for people who are willing to do that that's really where the money's at right paul tudor jones and peter and anyone who's run these big investment in, uh, these big investment firms they took the responsibility. That means risk. You don't get, you don't make money if you don't take risk on a whole bunch of fronts. You literally have to take the risk in the markets, but then you have to take the business risk and say, hey, when we lose money, it's on us. We screwed up. I don't think you'll find a 40-act company that has such management will they'll step up and say that. Their job is to talk you into keeping your money invested so that they can earn their fees. That's really how they get paid is by you staying invested. If they let people jump around and think that they could market time, that's antithetical to what they do. It disrupts their fee revenue. And I don't mean to sound like everyone's trying to con you, but that's a big part of the game. Is And, and you learn the hard way that exposure is what it is. You can get exposure to any asset class, but ultimately who's responsible when it goes against you? 
right? That's what traders do. They take that responsibility and that's empowering to them. They have the mindset, they have the mentality, they have the emotional makeup to say, yeah, I can handle that. I can handle that pressure. I know I can follow my rules under extreme forms of duress and you can count on me to behave that way. It's the same type of a mindset for someone who is an emergency room surgeon or a 9-11 operator. You can't freak out. Right? Imagine if you called 911 and you said, someone close to me is, has passed out, they're unconscious on the floor, and the 911 <laughs> operator drops the phone and starts screaming. Right? You can't have two people on the same side of the trade. Right? You need somebody who's going to be calm. Okay, are they breathing? Do they have a pulse? What's your address? Right? Are they, do they have any known illnesses? Right? You know, do you know CPR? That kind of stuff. You have to be methodical and systematic. So it's the same type of a mindset. I even said to people, like, if I wasn't trading, that would be the mindset that I have because I just don't freak out under pressure, right? You can train yourself to do that over time as well. It's just how to be cool, how to be level-headed, follow the rules. You can always think about stuff over the weekend when the markets are closed and you can think with a clear head. But at any rate, I think when you start thinking about your goals as you're, as you're working through 2021, we're coming to the end of Q1, where do your goals speak to empowerment? Where do your goals speak to your taking responsibility for the very results that you want? Because if your behavior doesn't line up you know, with what you're writing, then you need to make a behavioral adjustment. Otherwise, your goals are just going to, you're never going to hit them. Anyway, enough of that. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week and you're looking forward to a good weekend. If you'd like to listen to the audiobook of The Inner Voice of Trading, you can get it for free at Martin Chronicle if you don't already have it. Um, have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday.